Welcome to the Disney Planning Insights Podcast, brought to you by Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel. Today's episode is concerning the cost of a Disney vacation and what major expenses go into your planning budget. Hi, welcome to this episode. And this episode was actually not part of our original planning when Matt and I were sitting and figuring out how we wanted to start our podcast and all the topics that we wanted to cover. But From your input and all of our viewers out there, it became abundantly clear very early on that we really needed to include this episode as part of our core informational series. And so this episode is going to be all about what it costs to go to Disney because it's great to know all of these things, but at the end of the day, we need to budget the trip and we need to figure out what this is going to run me. And so when Matt and I go about planning our trips to Florida, there are four things that he and I consider. And these are the things that you need to then think about as you're figuring out the cost. The first thing that we consider is how are we getting there? And so are we going to drive? Are we going to fly? And because all of you are coming from all different parts of the nation and maybe even other parts of the world, we're not going to cover that all too much today. But then the things that we are going to cover today are the other things that we think about. We have to figure out where we're going to stay. We have to figure out how long we're going to spend in the parks, how many days. And we need to figure out what we're going to eat while we're down there. Those are going to be the focuses of this video right here. We're going to look at those things and the costs associated with them. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us out with how much it costs depending on where we're going to stay. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. I'm going to jump into the on-site hotels. Um, We have a great podcast about a lot of the different types of accommodations around Disney World and some of the off-site options that are available as well. But in today's podcast, we're really going to focus on everything that's on-site. So hotels on-site. So these are going to be your value, your moderate, and your deluxe resorts that are affiliated with Disney. And really, when you're looking at the cost of these, you know what you want to think about is how much time are you actually going to spend in your hotel room? And how much do you need to accommodate for travel between the resort and getting to the parks and that kind of thing? And we, like I said, we really touch a lot of that in that where are we going to stay podcast. So really looking at the overall costs, um, I ran some numbers kind of throughout the year on some of the different tiers of resorts and came came to some averages. So your average value resort is going to run you about $207 a night. So you're going to be able to find some stuff on the lower end of that. And you're also going to find some rooms that come in a little bit higher than that. But overall, you know, a budget around $200 a night for that value resort. When you make the step up to moderate, it's about $287 a night. So $75 more and you're getting quite a bit more for that moderate resort. Then the next step up is going to be your deluxe resorts and your average over your deluxe resorts is about $632. And that's going to take into account all of your Magic Kingdom area resorts, which tend to price quite a bit higher than all the other resorts across the property. So again, you're going to be able to come in lower than that number as well. But these are just all averages and a good place to start when you're thinking about where to stay on Walt Disney property. And now, Matt, when you talk about those, is that an average for all the different times of the year or is that an average at a specific time of year? So that is averages across four different time frames over the year. So I I did some averages for spring break time, 
summer break time, fall break time, and then around the holidays um, just after Christmas since that seems to be the peak pricing of the resorts. So if I were to stay, say, during summer or fall break, maybe those numbers might be a little bit lower versus like you said, sort of around Christmas, New Year's, that's going to be the the highest of the prices I'm going to expect to pay on the night by night basis at the hotels. Correct. Um, when I was running the numbers, fall break tended to come in as the lowest price point. And I think that came as a surprise to both of us when we started talking about it, that it, fall break being a standalone week for most schools didn't tend to have really high prices and really a lot of the packages that I ran for that time period came in relatively reasonably priced. Yeah, and I might kind of add to this, you notice the the times that Matt ran are still what we would consider more of like on peak times of the year. So Matt mentioned spring break, summer break, uh, fall break, and then over that winter break area around that Christmas New Year time. The reason that he looked at those times of year is because that's going to be when the majority of our viewership and our, our individuals listening out there to this podcast series are likely going to plan their trips. If you were to go outside of these time frames, you know, like Late January, early February is an incredibly budget conscious time to go where if you're going to plan maybe a long weekend and can justify maybe pulling the kids out of school for a couple of days, uh, you could find prices even significantly lower than what Matt has going on. And so, uh, Matt, do you have anything else to add about hotels? Just really when you're when you're thinking about your budget for your hotel, really take into consideration how much time you're gonna stay in that hotel. If it's really just a place to put your head, think about that and think if spending that extra money makes a lot of sense. So I'm gonna pass it over to you about the tickets. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of, I guess, just one more add on and sort of to piggyback what Matt just said. I think if you're just thinking of a hotel being a place to stay, a value resort is actually a pretty nice place to stay. Um, my family has stayed at all of these value intermediate and deluxe accommodations. And when we're planning on spending a lot of time in the park, a value resort, just because it says the word value, doesn't mean lesser than. It's still a nice property. It's got a pool. So if you head back and want a little bit of downtime, but definitely if you're going to spend a lot of time around the resort, a deluxe or intermediate at the bare minimum is, is a really smart decision to budget in for your costs. Um, so as Matt said, I'm going to slide into tickets. Now, whenever you're thinking about tickets, I always want you to consider that a more is less approach really comes into play here at Disney World. And I'm just going to kind of quote a couple of ticket ideas to you. And you're going to see what I mean when I say more is less. So if I want to go for just one day, depending on the time of year and depending on the park that I'm going to, I'm going to spend anywhere from about $100 to $130 just to go to that one park for that one day. Now, if I add two days, I'm going to spend about another $100. And so if I spend one day, I might get it for $120. And then if I add two days, I might get it for around $220, maybe $230, somewhere in that range. Then if I add a third day on, I'm still going to spend about $100 more per day. And so I might go $120, maybe $220, $330, even $430 to where 
I'm going to spend about $100 per day in order to go to Disney from one day up to four days. But that's where all of a sudden, if I can go for longer, then I'm going to start seeing a tremendous amount of savings, actually. Because if I look at the difference in prices to go four days versus five days, it's only going to cost me about another 20 bucks to go five days instead of the four. And so Disney tickets for four days are going to run you right around 400 to $420. But five days is only going to be about $440. Six days is only about $450. And so if I can extend my stay out and go for maybe like six or seven nights and then go to the park for six days, I'm going to really start seeing my cost per day in the parks really start to dive down. And again, when we looked at these ticket prices, we were keeping in mind that the individuals listening to this might be going during those peak days. The prices could be a little bit lower depending on what time of year that I go. And I could maybe get my cost per day down to around, you know, maybe $60, $70 per day if I drop it down a little bit. So one thing I wanted to jump in and talk about on the tickets is when we're planning trips for, say, your first time going down there, your first family visit, we always like to do that five-day trip. You know, you get your two days in Magic Kingdom and one day in each of the other parks. So when you're thinking about that, you know, adding that sixth day, even that seventh day, if you're able to do that, if you're able to spend that whole week, overall, on a family of four, you're only adding about $80 to your entire trip package by adding a couple more days to it. So, you know, really think about how long you can extend that trip and what you're able to do. Yeah, and, and sort of piggybacking on that a little bit, as Matt said, if I am looking at spending money to go down to Disney, do I need that deluxe resort where I can then only afford maybe three or four nights? Or am I better off taking a seven night stay at a value or intermediate resort to where my hotel cost is similar but now I'm able to get into the park that sixth or even seventh day where I really start to see that cost per day savings where if I go for maybe three nights to a deluxe, I'm having to then spend $100 per person per day to walk into those parks every single day. So those are definitely things to think about. And then something else that Matt just mentioned that kind of segues into another cost to consider is Matt mentioned the idea of going for five days and spending two days in Magic Kingdom and then one day in each of the other three parks. Now you can trim cost and, and trim days out of your vacation and sort of ignore one of the parks altogether but if you want to experience all that Disney has to offer and you're going down for your first time ever it's really smart to try to do exactly what Matt said two days in Magic Kingdom and one day in all of the other parks or you can always consider adding into your package the park hopper and the park hopper allows you to visit more than one park per day and so if you're really only wanting to find enough time to go down for three or four nights, but you'd still like to experience all of what Disney has to offer, maybe you spend that full day in Magic Kingdom and then a half a day in Hollywood Studios and Epcot because of their really close proximity to one another. And so just to give you an idea, if you add on Park Hopper to a single day ticket, it's going to run you about $65 per ticket. 
If you add Park Hopper on to a two or three day ticket, it's going to be $75 to add that on to the two or three day ticket. And then if you have a four day or higher ticket, it's going to be an $85 add on per ticket. And so you can kind of pause and do the math a little bit if you need to. But if I have a $330 ticket for three days, I could have a $400 ticket and be able to visit any of the parks that I want to during that three-day span of time. So that sort of takes care of our first couple of things. Where are we going to stay and how many days are we going to spend in the park? And so the next major thing that we need to think about is what are we going to eat while we're down there? And so you can absolutely choose to spend money out of pocket for your dining. You can still go in and make all your sit-down reservations. Or if you're staying on site, you can take advantage of a thing called the Disney Dining Plan, which Matt's now going to outlay sort of what that is and how much you might expect to spend if you want to do that dining plan. So the dining plan is a fantastic option for most people. What it does is it allows you to put the cost of your dining up front as part of your trip cost. Basically what Disney has done is they've averaged out what they feel like a person is going to eat and then they add that amount per day to your trip and you pay it up front and you can book wherever you want as long as you stay within your credits and you don't have to worry about paying for the dining when you're at, at the park. It takes some of that daily budgeting out that can be kind of tedious when you're thinking about, you know, where we're eating that day and how much we need to spend. The one thing that it doesn't cover is tips. Remember that you're going to have to tip out of pocket or you can charge it back to your room and pay it all at the end, but you do want to tip at all your restaurants. Service down there is fantastic. Make sure that you're taking care of your, your waiters and your waitresses. So, Disney offers three tiers of the dining plan. The first tier is called the quick service dining plan. And what that does is it gives you a couple of credits at quick service locations. So these are gonna be walk-up locations where you're gonna order at a counter, you're gonna get your food there, and you're gonna take it back to your table and eat. You're not served in any way. You're basically doing all the serving yourself. And it also gives you two snack credits. And the snack credits can be used in hundreds of ways around the park. They are for picking up waters or Cokes or going to Starbucks and picking up something at the Starbucks at each park. They're good ways to supplement your food intake throughout the day. And you're gonna get two of those each day, and these are per person. So when you're talking about the, the dining plans, they are on a per night basis. So if you're planning on spending four nights in the park, you're gonna get eight quick service, you're gonna get eight snack credits per person. The cost of this plan is going to be $52.50 per adult per night. And if it's a child between three and nine, it's gonna cost $23.78. So when you're talking about a family of four, it's gonna cost you about $150. Now the next step up is the most popular plan, at least with the people that we talk to and the people that we work with, and it's called the Disney Dining Plan. What this dining plan gives you is it gives you one of those quick service credits, those, those counter service credits, plus it gives you a sit down credit. And what that sit down credit can be used for is character meals. And this is where we start getting into the Be Our Guests and the Chef Mickey's and some of those really, really fun character dining experiences. Also, this plan gives you two of the snack credits per person per day as well. The cost of this for an adult is $75.49. So when you look at the difference in restaurants and the difference in food and meals that you can get between the quick service plan and the Disney dining plan, it's a huge jump. 
And when you're talking on a per day basis for a family of four, you're only adding about $60 to make this upgrade to the plan. So it's a huge thing. The last dining plan that Disney offers now is called the Deluxe Dining Plan. Three credits to be used at either table service or quick service. That's breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a single credit location every day you're on your trip, basically. I do this plan almost every time I go down there. I've got two little kids. I do every character meal we can jam into a trip. This, for us, is the most cost-effective way for us to budget out. Because those character meals, even the buffets, can run you $200 to sit down and eat for one meal. The cost for this is going to be $116 for each adult, $43.49 for each child. So the rough cost is about $320 a day. But when you're looking at your sit-down meals that can run you anywhere from $150 to $200 per meal, this could make a lot of sense to you. So... Other things that you can do with these, with these dining plans is you get reusable, refillable mugs that you can fill up with drinks at the food courts at each of your resorts. And it also gives you the ability to have a peace of mind when you go down to the park and have a plan and, and helps you to build those touring plans for each park. So two other options that are available for dining while you're down there. If you're an annual pass holder, you do get a discount when you go down to the park. So you can look into that. A lot of the restaurants participate. It can go up to 10% off any of the restaurants that you eat at. The last one is Tables in Wonderland. And that offers at some locations up to 20% off your meal. So a couple of different options on top of the dining plans. But, you know, as for Peter and myself, we're big fans of the dining plans in all their forms. Um, so definitely talk to us about some of those. So really, Peter, do you have any other insights on the dining? Just a couple of things, I suppose. So Matt mentioned that his family loves to do the deluxe dining plan. And the deluxe dining plan is wonderful, especially if you want to get into to starting to use them for some of those two credit things. Just off the top of my head, the Hoopty Doo Music Review as well as the Spirit of Aloha Dinner Show are both two credit dining options. And so if you want to experience any of that like dinner theater type of thing, the deluxe dining plan comes in handy. Same thing with some of the two credit restaurants. So Cinderella's Royal Table, Be Our Guest for Dinner, Citrico's, Brown Derby, Tiffin's, all of these restaurants at some of these parks are fine dining or fine signature and character dining. And so if you want to head for some of those, the deluxe dining plan quickly becomes very worth your while. But I will then sort of caveat that a little bit and say, if you're not necessarily heading for those, as Matt's family does every time, he will tell you that they build in a spirit of aloha, they build in a BR guest or a Cinderella's royal table. If you're not necessarily heading for those, the deluxe dining plan becomes a lot of food really quickly and can overwhelm you really, really fast with the amount of food that you get there. And so there... If you're in between the quick service and the, the standard dining plan, the Disney dining plan, I'm going to say go for the Disney dining plan every single time because the quick service are wonderful, great food, great locations. There are some fantastic counter service restaurants around the parks, but it is really, really nice to have a scheduled sit down meal every single day that you're down in Disney because you're going to really enjoy that hour to hour and a half that you're going to sit down in the air conditioning, 
regroup yourself, maybe book some additional fast passes and have really great meals. And as Matt said, the cost of sitting down for one of these table service meals, because you get the meal and the adult beverage if you're over 21, can quickly add up. It is an amazingly freeing experience when you see that bill get brought to your table and it says $200, $240, and all of a sudden you scan your magic band and they come back over and bring you a $0 for entitlements used bill because just imagine that being part of your budget to where now as you're walking through the parks, you have to worry about, oh God, I can't buy my kids souvenirs because we just went a little bit overboard at that last dining experience. Bringing the dining plan in turns Disney World from a stay and play to an all-inclusive resort experience. And so then the only thing I have to worry about spending is the additional things that I might want to do. Wrapping up on the dining, I think what you wanna look at is what do you really wanna do? There are a lot of really, really good restaurants down there. There are a lot of really good character experiences down there. The best thing to do is get on the website, figure out how many of these that you wanna do and figure out what plan fits your budget to accomplish what you wanna do while you're down there. Now, the last thing we really wanna talk about is the extras and Disney really knows how to do the extra and of course they figured out how to put a cost on everything down there so Peter's going to talk about a, a few of the extras that are out there and kind of get us into some of our sample trips yeah so the first extra I suppose that we want to talk about and this is this is probably the most important extra this would be the thing that Matt and I would both highly recommend to, to a vacation package especially if you're going down there with kids is the memory maker kind of explain it and talk about the price a little bit. The Memory Maker is essentially the Disney photo package. And so every ride that you go on that has a photo part, you just scan your magic band afterwards and it loads that photo over to your My Disney Experience account. Any person walking around with the tan vest on that says Disney Photo Pass service, if you go up to them, they're gonna take a couple of photos and maybe even do some magical add-ons to the photo. And then you just scan your magic band and the photos load to your My Disney Experience account. Now, if you don't have the memory maker, all of those photos are still going to load to your My Disney Experience account. You can still go up to any of these PhotoPass people and get the photos taken of you. But then when you go into your My Disney Experience after your trip, you're going to have to choose a la carte the photos that you want and build them into a cart to then download and pay for those photos to then have download rights and reprint rights and being able to to take them to you know your Kodak at your Target or Walmart photo center and get digital and get the digital to actually be prints of all of those photo images. And so Memory Maker, what that's gonna do is it's going to give you exclusive access to every single photo that you take during the entire trip that you're down there. And so it's a really nice add-on because now I don't have to worry about bringing my nice camera with me. I don't have to worry about 
pulling my phone out every single time and excluding a person from my group or inconveniencing another tourist to get them to take a photo for me. The memory maker is going to be a really nice add-on to where all of the photos that I take are able to for download and print later on. If you order it ahead of time, the memory maker is only $169. And now once you're down there, you can also choose to add it on, but then it's going to be a little bit more expensive because now they have to backtrack the activation date and figure out when you're gonna when you're in the parks and so that's $199 versus if you order it ahead of time the Disney individuals will go ahead and get your memory maker dates established ahead of time so now it's a little bit cheaper and just to jump in on the memory maker it doesn't only work for the person that purchases the memory maker anybody else that's linked to that my Disney experience account can have pictures taken and can access those pictures as well so if you're going down there with a big group and maybe not all necessarily booked together or anything like that. As long as you're all connected through that My Disney Experience planning tool on the website, anybody can access those photos. So I've gone down there with multiple sets of grandparents and they've been able to take the kids and go get photos when we weren't there that we were able to see and print out on, on our memory maker, which is a fantastic idea when you're kind of splitting up and doing your own thing sometimes in the parks. Yeah, that's a really good point, Matt. In fact, the four of us in my family are annual pass holders at Disney World this year. And so memory makers included for us. And so we're going down in October with both sets of grandparents. And we didn't add memory maker onto them because they're linked in to our My Disney Experience account. So all of the photos that they take are automatically going to be available for us to download as well. So that's a really wonderful point that you made there, Matt. Outside of memory maker, everything else is just sort of an add-on that you need to consider based on the time of year that you're going down there. Maybe you're a runner and so you want to go down for run Disney events. There are tons of run Disney events throughout the year and they're all themed from everywhere from Star Wars to princesses to just sort of the Fab Five which is you know Mickey and his pals and so those are potential things that you could do while you're down there if you're a runner. Disney has some of the best runs that any runner has ever been to with all of the after party and the medals and everything because you get to run through the parks in many of those runs. Outside of that there are parties two times of the year and so during the Halloween season and the holiday season there's the not so scary and the very merry Christmas time party and so those might be something that you and your family might want to consider doing if you're going in there from late August through the end of the year and uh, something that you might want to talk about. And we're going to have special edition podcasts on those parties if you want to know more as well. Outside of that, you also have tours. In just about every park, there are VIP tour packages from being able to see behind the scenes at Magic Kingdom or seeing the food at Magic Kingdom to being able to walk through the safari area of Animal Kingdom. There are tours available at all the parks that give you insight to what it takes to create the magic that might be something that you and your family are interested in, especially if you have older kids in the teenage area, those tours are really, really amazing to sort of see Disney in a whole new light that you wouldn't have seen when your kids were younger. Beyond that, if there's photos that you want to take, Disney has a lot of exclusive photo packages where you can book time with Disney photographers where it's just you and them in any of the parks and at any of the hotels, they can set you up for a photo package 
package time. And Matt's done that in a couple of different cases. If you look at our website, you'll see he and his family are somehow in Magic Kingdom with nobody around. Well, that's because he booked a photo package. And so they got in to the park before everybody else and got about 20 minutes before the park opened to get photos in front of the castle with nobody else there. The only other time you're going to get that is if you're dealing with hurricane gale force winds and nobody else is willing to brave the park except for you. And so you can do that with these photo packages. And then lastly, are sort of the forgotten part of the Disney park. There are four theme parks, but there are also two water parks. And so maybe you and your family want to build in a day on a longer stay where you head out to the water parks for the day, where maybe you stay at a value resort, but then still plan a day to go to the water parks. And so you can add the price of a water park admission to every one of your tickets, which is about 40 to $50 a day. Or you could choose to do the Park Hopper Plus option, which includes admission into the water parks as well. So those are just some things that you can do beyond your stay at your resort and your time in the park. And now Matt has some specific planning scenarios just to give you an idea of the total cost and what you and your family should plan to spend at Disney World. So thanks, Peter. And like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, I ran some simulations and figured out some averages over some different time frames. So the parameters of these packages are for early summer. So the first week of June, we're going to stay four nights and be in the park for five days. So kind of that optimum trip that we had talked about. Starting out at the value resorts for this package with the Disney dining plan, you're looking at about $3,590. So that's gonna give you those table service credits, the four table service credits, the four counter service credits, um, your park tickets, everything to get you into the park and spend your day. And eight snack credits per person. Stepping up to the moderate resorts with the Disney dining package, it's gonna be $3,795. And again, these are average costs of the resort. So you are gonna be able to get it lower in that moderate range and even a little bit higher in that moderate range. Then stepping up to the deluxe dining package, it's $4,259. So it goes up $500, but you get a lot more in that dining option. And if your wife is anything like mine and is worried about the next time she's gonna eat, this is a great, great package for you. She can look at her My Disney Experience app and she can know exactly when our next reservation is. For anybody that wants to stay in the deluxe resorts, you know, you can do a deluxe resort and do one of the lower end dining packages. But with that Disney dining package, you're still looking at about $4,985. Again, average prices, you're gonna be able to get a little bit lower. And then deluxe resort, deluxe dining package, $5,450. Um, so again, about a $500 pickup and that's all in the dining plan cost. When you're budgeting, a couple of things to think about. How long are you gonna stay in your resort? If you don't plan on spending a lot of time in that resort, really put stock into how much you wanna spend per night. You know, look at one of those higher end values or the lower end moderates and really stretch out that dollar into that dining plan, into those park tickets and that kind of thing. If you wanna come and enjoy the food while you're at the parks, look at that value resort. But if you want a cool place to stay, you're not gonna put a ton of time into the parks, look at those deluxe resorts. They are really, really themed nice 
place. They are meant to be all-inclusive resorts to where you don't even have to leave the resort to have a really good time. They've got great pools. They've got great recreation options. A lot of them will have movie screens at night where you can watch different Disney movies and that kind of stuff. And they're really, really nice to stay at. But there's always a really good mix between the two. So, you know, Peter, what else do you have to put in on this? Yeah, so Matt gave us a really good idea of the prices. And again, you can kind of look at the step up of what the prices are and what the prices then give you. There's no right answer. And your family and who you're going with needs to decide sort of what's right for you. As Matt said, we could go for a shorter trip and just go all out and go for that deluxe resort to just have that amazing, you know, walking into Wilderness Lodge and Polynesian and Grand Floridian feels different than walking into an all-star resort. It absolutely does. I've stayed at both of those types of resorts and it does have a different feeling to them. But at the same time, if I'm just going down to enjoy all of the at park things, then why wouldn't I just stay at a value resort? Why would I spend all that extra money if I'm not even going to make it to the really nice pool or make it to the movie at night or anything like that? And I will also say that the value resorts also put a movie screen up at their main pool every night as well. So so there are family entertainment options regardless of what resort that you're staying at and regardless of what budget you're trying to fit into. It's really just a matter of preference. I will also say that all of the prices that Matt gave you and all of the prices that I talked about and he talked about through this entire video are full price and also completely flexible depending on what time of year that you go because Matt and I are just trying to give you the sort of average prices. And so, yeah, you could contact us and we could say, well, actually that one's gonna be 6,200. And you go, what in your video, it said 55. I know, but you're going, you know, the week of Christmas into New Year's and you're trying to stay at Contemporary, you know? Or it might go the other way on you. You could call and, and I could say, yeah, you can stay for four nights and five days at Art of Animation and it's only going to be three grand. And you go, wow, that's $600 cheaper than I was expecting. I go, well, you know, you're you're going towards a, towards a time when Disney's not quite as busy. And on top of that, these are still full prices. Disney is constantly releasing packages and deals to where maybe you get the dining for free. And so all of a sudden that thousand to $1,500 of dining is free. It's included in your cost. And so all of a sudden, your your moderate resort with your Disney dining plan, instead of being almost $3,800, we come back to you and say, actually, it's only three grand because your Disney dining plan's included in that. So that's where it becomes really important to be working with individuals who are knowledgeable about Disney, especially if you're sort of new to the whole process, because packages are constantly being released. Deals are constantly being released. And so if you're more budget conscious, maybe talking to Matt or myself or another Disney planner is going to help you get those nicer amenities, but at that lower budget cost that maybe you're searching for. Uh, anything else to add, Matt, in this episode? No, I think we wrap up a pretty good episode on what to really look at when you're budgeting for Disney. There are a lot of things that you need to account for when you're going down to the park, but the more that you can account for them up front, the less you're going to worry about that in the park. And I think a lot of us go down to Disney to kind of get away from everyday life. And the last thing I want to do when I get to the parks is kind of think about my wallet and wonder how much money I've got in there and how long I've got to make it last for that trip. You know, I want to be able to 
make sure that I can get through a trip and kind of just get away from everything. What about you, Peter? Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo that a little bit. When I go down to Disney World, the last thing I want to do is worry about number crunching and penny pinching because that's just going to rob the joy out of my experience because when I get down there, I want to watch my kids' eyes light up. I want to be able to spend that money on that souvenir that they want. And so if I'm budgeting my food in that as well, and all of a sudden that takes a turn, it can really affect my mindset of how the trip's going. And I would hate to rob that joy away from my experience down in Disney. And the last thing that I'll kind of challenge to you as you're considering this, sort of the last thought of this episode is... I know it sounds like a lot, you know, Matt just said for four nights and five days in the park, you're looking at $3,600 up to a deluxe with a deluxe plan. You're you're looking at $5,500 and that sounds like a tremendous amount of money. There's a lot of sticker shock in clients whenever I work with them on Disney vacations. But here's the way that I want you to think about this. If you were to go anywhere in the United States on vacation and you were to spend money on a hotel and feed yourself and go experience the museums or amusement parks or zoos or whatever, the nightlife of that area, I guarantee that you're going to look at a week-long trip to Gatlinburg or Cedar Point or Washington, D.C. or wherever, and you're going to realize very quickly Quickly, that you're going to spend between three and five thousand dollars to have that week-long vacation to be able to experience all of the things. They're just going to happen in hundred dollars and three hundred dollars and two hundred dollar increments. And so, when planning Disney, you really have to realize that you're paying upfront. And so, if you go down to a Sandals Resort, you're going to spend three to four thousand dollars. But then, once you get there, you're done. Same thing with what Matt and I are offering you here in our budget cost at Disney. Disney is, with the dining plan included, an all-inclusive resort. And so, yes, the sticker up front reflects that. But once you get down there, the spend is really up to you. And you could go down there and not spend another dime outside of tipping your waiters or waitresses at the dining sit-down restaurants. But Disney does come at a cost, but it's an upfront cost that then you you can manage what you want to spend once you get down to the park. So thanks for tuning in. We hope you gave you a lot of great information and an understanding of what it's going to cost to go down there. Hopefully you follow us on all of our social media to get knowledge of when our next podcasts are coming out and are staying tuned on this on Anchor and our YouTube channel. Bye everybody. Turn your Disney dream into a magical Disney vacation with Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel. Contact us at any of these options or learn more by clicking the website link below.